Yes, there's hope. Starting it up again. Yeah. What's that, bud? I just said it's starting it up again. There yeah. we go. Dan Duran, a man of the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Duran is the president, uh, the executive director of the... No, vice Bram- president of operations. He's the yeah. autistic director of the Brampton, I mean, the Peterborough Theater Guild. And yes. uh, he'll be that's, mounting that's most- a new production. Arguably the most <laughs> prestigious title I've ever had in my life. Don't get paid for it, but you know, it's... Uh, Vice President of Operations seems oh, like yeah. a big deal, doesn't it? Yeah. Give him a big title. We won't have to pay him anything. <laughs> He'll just walk around Peterborough like a big shot. There goes Dan Duran. Do you know? All people are whispering. Mm. Did yeah. you know that that was the autistic vice president of the Theater Guild? He's been... Uh, you, you know what? You're like... You've become... I think they call it an empresario. You're like a theater empresario. There's Dan Duran. He's the man that wants to bring the live sex shows to Peterborough. <laughs> not, not happening. That's right. Not happening. <laughs> Did you hear? He's going to be doing one of these uh, fancy R-rated productions where people are writhing on the stage and simulating mm, lovemaking. Mm, yes. <laughs> Am I going to have to get an ascot or whatever those things are? Oh, yeah. Are, are John, you, you know, you're gonna, yeah, you'll get an ascot and a, a jaunty chapeau. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have it as set to one side. <sighs> well, have we exhausted that? Because I was, uh, I'm, I'm willing to go on for another hour of that. But uh, we have other <laughs> things to do. We, uh, we, yeah. Well, listen. Let's start the show. All right, and then we'll talk about what a wonderful night in the theater we had. Uh, Dandrad's girlfriend's son's play. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, but first, uh, here's theater arm impresario Dandrad. This episode of Humble and Fred mm. is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our cottage-like Brampton facility, and from Lisa's Kitchen Table in Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Architect Outdoor Living, better building by design. And now here are two men who, now that the Leafs are in the second round, will begin whining about how they haven't tucked their way into the third round for 30 years. It's me, it's May, it's the month of Yes You May, the time for every frivolous whim, proper or in. It's Humble and Fred. Uh, Dan, I just sent you a message, a private message. Private message, okay. Yeah, have a look at that. Got it. Got it. Oh, great. That cuts me in. Beautiful. No, you saw it, too. Oh, I did? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was a boot. <laughs> wow. Fuck it. That turned weird. <laughs> no, you'll just see what I... I wrote everyone. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Me you said again. private. I thought I was being cut out. <laughs> <laughs> no. The only people being cut out is the audience. <laughs> well, that's nice. As let's, usual. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. As as always, all, the only people that get us are two and a half of us. Is Dan's only Dan's still on the fence after thirty three years? Yeah, I'm not you so know. sure anymore. Dan's, well, Dan still doesn't like to participate in all the nonsense. Mm-hmm. These things are serious. Life is serious. You must take things seriously. Uh, well, we'll talk. Listen, we, we got before we do the little recount. We obviously we're going to do. We're going to talk leaves pretty quick here. So I know a lot of people are. Hey, what's Fred going to say about the leaves? So we're going to do that. Uh, there's another Fred thing that has become a tradition now for 
I'm sure it predates me. Because once yeah. Fred gets his hooks into a bit, man, oh, he doesn't like to he doesn't like to switch it up. Oh, I beat the living shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, I got that one joke I've been doing every Easter for thirty three fucking years. So, but uh, so one of the things that uh, has become a hallmark of the Fred man over these low these many years, as Empresario Dan Duran would say, is uh, this. So uh, I'm ready. I've got some music here. Stand by. Um, ready when you are uh, okay. to proclaim. Okay. Uh, at your, whenever it's, does it feel right now? Sure. All right. I thought you were going to play music, you said. I will once you get started. Oh, I see. Oh. Hooray, hooray. It's the 1st of May. Outdoor fucking starts today. Overrated, by the way. What, this song? No. Oh, yeah, this song's way overrated. (laughs) Yeah. No, I... And I'm pretty no, sure of the of the three older gentlemen on this show right now, I'm the only one that's actually done it outside in the last ten years, and it's overrated. And and I'm, I've told the story of doing it on Dan Duran's lawn. Yeah. That uh, d- you yeah. remember that? No, I remember. Yeah, I love that story. Just it was the middle of the day too. It was like full on lighting and. Uh, I was on uh, Dan Duran's lawn with a lady friend. And at one point, I opened my eyes and I looked up and she was wearing, she was completely naked except for cowboy boots. And I looked up and I thought, you know, this poor human, you know, I get to look at her and she has to look down at me writhing around on the the grass. No, I know. It was just grotesque. God, you must have a great personality. <laughs> we both, we both, we both know. We both know that's can, not can true. We see, could we see it one day? <laughs> oh, ha, ha. did you hear what I said? We both know that's no, not know. true. <laughs> so yeah, what is it? What is it then? How do I do it? Well, I got I, I got some skills. I might have some. I have some skills of persuasion. Yeah. Um. Anyway, here we are, Dan Duran. Uh, we had a great time out uh, on the town. We were out on the town, all of us, on Friday night having dinner in a cool Toronto restaurant. And then we went out to the theater with Empresario Dandaran and his woman friend, Lisa. Lisa. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was a nice night. I, was, I, yeah, I really enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Was, uh, oh, likewise, Dan. Likewise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven of us were enjoying a dinner at a great restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then walked we in, uh, walked in the rain down to the, the uh, Winter Garden Theater to watch uh, Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And Lisa, uh, your lady friend, her son, uh, great performance. Very good. Yeah, he's a, he's a musical theater guy. Mm-hmm. And he's a musician, so, you know, he just does it all. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, Dan and Lisa dropped by here on Saturday uh, to pick up some dance stuff. And I was saying to Lisa how uh, just a, a re- remarkable. All the performers were. Her son was one of the stars of the show. And, and just the amount of singing and how... You know how just they're just good. You know they're just really good. He plays I don't know the name of the character, but the whacked out rock star guy, Stacy Jacks. Oh, Stacy Jacks. Yeah, Stacy, as everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> 
when I go to stage plays, I very rarely follow the story. So to me, it was a lot of singing and dancing. I don't really. F- I sort of got the story. I don't. Know. What do you mean? You sort of got the story. What are you for? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just what, what, to the song. I'm being honest. I could lie. You didn't know the story? What, the, the, the guy who worked at the club and, and Sherry, they get together, but then the love falls apart? Oh, yeah. I sort of got that. There was a, <laughs> All the musicals you go there. to? Like, if oh, you go to the Phantom, you don't get the idea of the Phantom. And the, no, no, the it's Phantom too complicated. Was different. It's the too Phantom complicated. was a bit different because I read up on it before I went to mm, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But a lot of them I fall asleep anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, this was a thing. And for me, Freddie and I have fallen asleep in some of the finest uh, musical productions, (laughs) uh, New York and Toronto. And uh, we both stayed awake, although I had to tell him after because I was sitting in front of Freddie. And I said, yeah, and there was a moment there in the second half where I started to get a little drowsy. But then uh, the music's so good and it's all rock music. and And it was just fantastic. So I managed to stay awake for most of it. Yeah. You know, a lot of music. And I, I love young people making music. I just, I don't know what it is. I, everybody does. But I mean, that's what keeps me awake. But when you go to these stage plays and a bunch of old people and a lot of dialogue, it's like, hmm. no, I know. So like, <laughs> well, and, and I was round, I mocked by you and Darren, because after the first half I was just saying how I, I sort of was, and I'm always, I've always been fascinated by this. You know, yeah. when you're watching a play where people are just talking, I get that, you know, at some point the direction says, and then walk over to the table and pick up your coffee. Fine. But when you're watching 15 people on stage and there's all this music, yeah. and all I said was, I just find it remarkable that they all know where to go and at the right moment and the cues and the music. And then he goes, well, it's a little thing called rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, sorry for finding joy and being fascinated by... And then I went on to say, can you imagine they actually rehearsed it? Like, they got yeah, together, no. oh, and yeah. they all decided that they would, you know, rehearse this for a night like this. Because it's sort of important. Well, you're missing the point, but uh, I get it. No, I'm not. I yes, you're not. I, yeah. What, I can't have fun with you? No, you can you did. You made me laugh. <laughs> there was, although the thing that made me laugh the most in the night, I can't even remember what it was in regards to, but the face you made while pretending to jerk off at the table, that made me laugh. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that yeah, was, did. yeah and I can't remember. I can't you remember. Said you, were doing, you said you were doing something on the computer, and I said, oh, you were uh, double tasking or. Oh, multitasking, right. Multitasking. And then you made, yeah. <laughs> you made that face. So you, I don't know if you were part of that, Dan, but he makes the face. And, of course, Doll can't see him because he's over to the side of Doll. Yeah, right. And then he's making <laughs> the face like he goes. Uh, uh, and then at one point he says, and then you stick your finger up your ass. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> holy fuck. Oh, I forgot about I, that. I'm like, holy shit, man. This got dark pretty quick. Like, I'm like, this having my hors d'oeuvres. What the fuck? And by the way, Fred was <laughs> yeah. out facing. He was facing the he rest was of facing the restaurant. He was facing out, out and, facing. And the, and the rest of the whole restaurant, restaurant was could see it. Oh, yeah. not a, he was like, you know. And there were people like right off my shoulder that I guarantee you heard you say, and then you stick your finger up your ass. <laughs> oh, bull. Yeah, absolutely no, they bull. did. No. Oh, bull. No, they were right beside me. They leaned over and went, is that the great Fred Patterson talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I was, I, I was, um, I was probably drowned out by Darren throwing F-bombs. Well, well, yeah, Darren was. Uh, 
<laughs> so funny because I hung out with Darren for three weeks in Mexico, but this was the first time I've hung out with him and his wife. And his wife must have said half a dozen times, Darren, keep your tent. Because the people were right next to Darren, right next to Darren and I. He's like, fucking fuck. <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, we talk about tipping and everything. I had one little problem with that dinner. Oh, yeah. I had the octopus. It was delicious. And the avocado and tomato salad was outstanding. Yeah, really good. But when you arrive in a restaurant and they just offer to pour you sparkling water, I, like, and then they charge you, that just bothers me a bit. What do you think? Yeah, usually I get what you're saying. It's like, well, wait a second. Because usually they'll say flat or sparkling and you yeah. know if you ask for sparkling, you're paying for it. Yeah, like if you're sort of a downtown hipster type guy that frequents that stuff a lot. But, you know, it's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'll have a little bit of that. Well, you just think that San Pellegrino is complimentary in the city? It's not. Yeah, but when they just offer it to you, they don't say, you know, would you like to purchase some? Or, you know, we have flat water, but if you'd like to purchase some sparkling water, we have it. When they just start giving it to you and then charge you, mm. I just, you know, well, the, you know, this little boy from Brampton uh, feels a bit violated. That's all. <laughs> really? Like when, yeah. you, like when you stick your finger up your ass while fucking multitasking on the computer? <laughs> so do you think that they should make it clear that when you order food? That uh, that they're charging you for it. <laughs> By the way, oh, the good one, Dan. Good one, Dan. I love that attempt at humor, but they do hand you a menu. <laughs> no, I know. They do hand you a menu with prices yeah. on it. So yeah, I but sort of get that. Hey, but they also hey, but they raw dogged the. Uh, I love that they raw dogged the specials. They didn't say. Uh, are they? Did, they didn't say. You know, they gave you our. They all gave us the specials. It didn't. There was no menu. They just said them out Dan, loud. Dan, did you hear me ask him what the price of the? Uh, yeah, I know what the, the price of the record. No. Yeah, I did. I heard, they, but you asked. They didn't offer. No, that no, no. Price. I wasn't going to get yeah. caught that way again. I wasn't going to say, "Yeah, I'll have the <laughs> lamb," and then find out it was fifty-eight dollars. Yeah. So I said, uh, "What's the price on the lamb special tonight?" And he said, fifty-eight dollars." I said, "Okay, I'll have it the was offer. what fifty-eight. That rack of lamb. Yeah, it looked great. Okay, because my entree was pretty. I, well, just okay. So I get your point. You're right, and it's not just a little boy from Brampton. I mean, they they usually say flat or sparkling, and if you choose sparkling, you just know it's they're charging you for it. It's not like they've got a yeah. what's that thing we have here, Dan? The soda, uh, soda, 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 soda stream. stream. It's not yeah. like they got a restaurant soda stream. They're making it for free. I got a little perturbed at Darren because you know. Two things. First, I, I, I'm like you. I checked out the menu before I went there. I knew what I was going to have. I thought about it all afternoon. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have this linguine and shrimp pasta. It was fantastic. And Darren and I were going to have the same thing. Then all of a sudden, the last minute, he changes to the cod. I don't even hear it. <laughs> he switched it up to the cod. And... You know, when it came, I was like, I thought you were going to have the same as me. He goes, no, I was watching up. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And he said, fuck, I'm Fucking fuck, fuck. Fuckity, fuck, fuck. He makes these fucking noises. He's like Groot. Fuck yeah, he is. He is like Groot. We're at a nice fancy restaurant that he chose, and he's saying fuck at the top of his lungs and making this noise. Fucking Fuck, fuck, fuck. So I said, what the fuck, fucker? I said, I thought you were going to have the same as me. He goes, no, I, I, I would have fucking changed it up. And then he gave me a taste of it. And it was fantastic. I should have had it. 
And, he, and as he made the point, it was a good one. It's a seafood restaurant, and I had some seafood, but that dish of his was uh, was really good. Yeah, I was a little surprised you went for the pasta at a seafood restaurant. But it had because that, that's it was, what I it was shrimp. I'm sorry. Oh no, I know, but with you know mixed up in pasta. When you go to no, a seafood restaurant, you want the you want you want. Come on. No, no, no. You know, and that's why I didn't ultimately. I don't even think I would have had the lamb ultimately. I just wanted to know what the price was because I was there. I'm a seafood restaurant. Why are we going to have lamb when there's octopus? Not too many restaurants have octopus on the menu and cook it and uh, prepare it the way they do. It was just outstanding. Um, and Dan had uh, you had octopus. Dan had uh, I had the calamari. Calamari. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, by the way, I like both of those things. I just don't think I can eat. An entire meal of calamari. I can have an appetizer size calamari, and I've had the odd octopus grilled. That was it grilled. I'm sure it was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So Excellent. it's pretty good. Yeah, just so good. All right. Very well, good. that was very it nice. Made, it made paying for the sparkling water a little easier to take. <laughs> so, would you give the uh, waiter? I gave him fifteen. I think I gave him uh, eighteen, fifteen, or eighteen. Whatever is what I I I got. I can't really remember. I think the second option was 18, so that's what I did. Really? Yeah. You guys did that? Well, what did you? Why? What'd you get? I gave him nothing. Why? Because it was already included in the in the price. Oh, that's right. We didn't give them anything. That's right. I was going to give them 15, and then at the last second, I looked on the thing, and I said, oh, the tip's already included. It was 18. Yeah. That's right, Dan. That's what happened. Oh, I don't know that I was aware of that because I'm pretty sure I gave him an 18% tip. So you, you tipped on a tip. <laughs> That's funny. It is funny. Um, and now that you say that, because my bill, because my entree was $30 and the appetizer couldn't have been more than 15 I had the same appetizer as you. Uh-huh. And I didn't have anything to drink, although I guess I paid for some sparkling water. But my bill was... <laughs> you <yeah>. sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... Oh, Grandpa. <laughs> you know, just before we move on, can I just mention one other tipping thing, too? Yeah, man. So I just had, like, a fabulous grandfather-grandson day yesterday. Took Johnny Slapshot down to the ball game. It was fantastic. The Blue Jay bullpen collapsed at the end, and they lost. But it was a great, exciting game, and it was just so fun watching him watch the game. But the concessions there, you know, they're out of like they're out of their mind with what they charge at the concessions. You know that, but you you know that going in. But it's amazing now. You can only play with pay with a card when you're there, right? And when no matter what you buy, they give you the thing, and then the tip it the tip thing comes up. Mm-hmm. So if I buy the kid a, a foot-long hot dog for $12, now I'm supposed to tip like 18% on that when they're already gouging the fuck out of me, basically? And then you're sitting there thinking, these poor concessionaires, they, they come to the game, and I guess they depend on tips, and they're not paid much, but these players down in the field making $20 million a year. So i got to buy a $12 hot dog, then tip? And I did. I used the other option. There's no way I was doing... Plus, they you're supposed to tip on the on the tax with the tax included, and it's just freaking outrageous. You know what I mean? They should. I don't. I, I don't know what the answer is. Well, I think it's in the same category, and I've got some. Uh, yeah, it's in the same category as what I brought up a week ago, which is I'm, why am I tipping for certain? Like, it's literally you're just literally handing me something. 
You're not really servicing me. But that That's being it. but that being said, um, you're right. There, those kids working at that concession, the beer stand and the whatever they where you get your hot dogs and peanuts. They're they're being paid literally nothing, basically minimum wage. And so there's an expectation that you're at the ballpark and you're supposed to support them, which is ridiculous. Well, this is what I mean. When you're being gouged to begin with, and then the people that are gouging you, they're gouging you so they can pay these players ridiculous amounts of money. Listen, I'm all into the free and open market system. Mm -hmm. If I was out on Bremner and I went into a takeout place, I wouldn't tip. But now I go and I get like a hot dog that's not even hot. No, I know. Why do they call them hot dogs at the Rogers Center? Because they're not. Listen, Um, when I bought the uh, two delicious uh, cones for uh, Rudra and myself that spilled all over me, I had to tip on top of those. Well, this is it. But I use the other. So get a two foot longs. I ate a foot long too. Johnny punched one back. It was. Oh, I loved watching it. I, did I send you the picture? Well, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to that. And when you're finished, oh. I, I've got a picture, Dan, of uh, Johnny Slapshot's uh, footlong and my response to it. <laughs> but anyway, so I get two I get two footlongs. I got a beer and I got him an iced tea and it was $50. Wow. <laughs> so, you know what? I, I hit the other and I just gave them a couple of bucks. I was going to pay seven fifty on top of that. Like, fuck that. But, shit. you know, like when we brought this up when I was there, because we were, we were talking about the food prices, the beer, when I was there a couple weeks ago. Yeah. They do allow you. You could have brought your own food. You could have brought a snack from home for him, yes. etc. So it was your choice to have that experience. Without a doubt. And uh, so right. I, I got a video from Fred yesterday afternoon. Just before one o'clock, and it's a video of just Johnny's face, and because um, I know the seats of Fred's, they're, you're in Rudra's seats, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know they're just amazing seats. It's just just to the left of home plate. It's amazing. So there's Johnny's face when he sits down, like can't believe how close he is to the action. Then a couple hours later, I get a picture of Johnny Slapshot and this foot long hot dog, and my response: Yikes! Grandpa spread his cheeks for that. <laughs> Fuck! What? I'm 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 assuming they're splitting it because there's no way he's going to buy two. But he did. Surprise! No, you know, you make a good point, and I, I said it off the top. Going in, you know what you're facing, but the experience, like, of buying a dog, well, he can sit. In the seats while the game's on is different than going to some, you know, stand outside, which I might do if I was on my own or with another mm-hmm. adult. But it just adds to it. But, you know, they just really they got to get a handle on that a bit for for families. It's just a bit much. And well, I'm sure. Accounting wise, by the way, the, 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 the money doesn't directly go to pay for the players. It, it they, I'm sure they run this the uh, Rogers Center as a separate operation from the team. So there would be no. They own they, the building, Dan. They own yeah, it's all. Well, I'm yeah. saying I'm sure they do, but they probably operate as a separate. I think you know, Dan's saying not like it's not like three pennies out of every hot dog goes to pay. Uh, no, no, but it's a all, player. You know, it's all part of it. It's you know, all part of it, and it kind of goes to today's theme, which is you know you got to just you don't even know we had a theme yet, but I, I'm I'm going to get to it. <laughs> that oh, the theme Good. is a, it's coming in because it's it's it, it's you'll see I'm foreshadowing. Some thoughts ahead about Fred's response to the lease, which we're going to get to here. Everyone's been, we, it's two minutes, okay, it's 25 minutes into the show. Everyone's tuning in today because they want to hear what the Fred man has to say about the lease. So uh, let me just say, Dan, are you going to be doing the news today or are you going to forget that? You just don't care anymore. No, I'm going to forget about it today. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Fuck. Well, you know, it's, I've just got to wrap things up and I got to go to 
This just in. Empresario. Yeah, wrap it up, got it. Uh, Peterborough Theatrical Empresario will not be doing the news today. Uh, but we do thank him for his service and wish him well. Yeah. So you got my note about the extra? No. Did you send me a note? It was the very first message I sent you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay, no, yeah, okay. but that's already been done. Okay, By the way, uh, yes. what is today's theme again? Uh, in, well, it's basically a theme that we've brought up before, which is you have to enjoy every goddamn day. You have to enjoy the moment. Oh, that's still the theme. Okay. That is still the theme, yes. Okay. You know, Howard, um, that's it. And again, you know, I say it, it that was 50 bucks, but at the th- where would I rather have that 50 exactly. bucks? Exactly. In, in the bank or that memory of seeing his face eating that long hot Yeah, dog? And, and I know we like to joke around and we're all facetious, but in, in actual right. fact, $50 spent with that kid mm-hmm. and that experience... And I know that you're just bringing it up because you're an observer of the human condition and this is why we, we love you. But, you know, I, it, to any part of that experience, you would have done it. You would have done it if it was a hundred bucks. That's right. And I bring it up also because tipping is sort of like the weather is a sub theme of the show. hundred percent. No, I get it. We, well, we well, I, listen, when I brought that up a couple weeks ago, it is still spun through the emails. You've seen it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I've had and, and people have been messaging me privately saying, yeah, tipping verb, you know, I mean, I had a conversation with our friend Anthony uh, from Palma Pasta about it. He has some thoughts mm-hmm. about, you know, different things. And so, yes, a lot of people think the same way we do, which is, hey, listen, man. I'm, if you're serving me, I, I will absolutely tip you on service. It is a little sure. bit weird in our lifetimes that it's gone from 10% to 15% to 18% to 20 When it's at 20%, I start thinking, wow, the cost of this meal, which, you know, you both know I, I eat at restaurants a lot, probably more than both you, both you guys, because I live here and around a bunch of restaurants. And all of a sudden, I go and, I go and get some chicken the other day. It's $13. But then you tip on top of that. Well, now it's not $13. It's 16 bucks. And they start thinking, fuck, do I really want to spend $16 for this lunch? And that's why I'm not just when they I'm not just arbitrarily hitting 15 or 18 because that's always including the tax. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not tipping the government, too, because that's basically what you are. I'm tipping the government because the person that's getting that has to pay the government a portion on through their taxes. So, no. I'll pay 50. If I'm going to pay 15 or 18, I'll pay it on what the bill was, not plus tax. What? Come on. Come on. Okay. Well, Dan, will you ever? Oh, yeah. We'll return to normal very within a day or two. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, it's a big last words. Yeah. It's a big part of, you know, I know you're, you're, are you getting close to the end of that job? Yeah. Very close to the end of the job. It's kind of why I got to get it, get it done. Well, it's a very exciting time. Yeah. Anyway, it is. Okay, uh, you know, because it, it's all changing now that it's May, the month of May. Yeah, you know, man. With all the things going on. And whatever Fred says about the... Well, outdoor screwing, man. Fornic- for- fornicating. <laughs> Although it's a little... Fornicating. It's a little cold for outdoor. Fornication. Yeah. Fornication. Well, again, you know, same thing. You know, it's an age thing. The what day you were coerced into having sex on Dan's lawn in recent Oh, yeah, it was coerced. It was a young... <laughs> yeah. It was a young, young woman. Like, you know, still that whole adventurous yeah. thing. If it mm-hmm. was you and Randy that day, you wouldn't have done it. <laughs> now, you and Randy in your early yeah. 20s would have done it. Yeah, maybe. No, I was going to say, if it was me and Randy during our merry times, you know, I'd be doing that in front of the computer by myself. And <laughs> I'm, I'm taking this as a humble and Fred challenge, then. You know, uh, what, what's a challenge? Be doing it out- well, doing it outside. 
Why okay, Dan. Why don't you do it outside when you know? Uh, you know, on me. Just you know, everybody should be. You know. Getting on the you know the the spring bandwagon and yes they it. should mm-hmm. why, um, why you know why why rob yourself of experiential stuff well why don't you do this why don't you take wake Lisa up if she's not already up and then take her outside <laughs> on the fucking porch right now and represent old people <laughs> get back to you. <laughs> All right. Listen, we got to go. Remember that old, really quickly, our old buddy up at the trailer, the Jim Palace. I won't name nail, name him, but he always just talked. Remember he told that story of getting some tail on the picnic table? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shall we come up here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody around there. Yeah, you get some tail there on the picnic table. <laughs> Fucking tail. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. Oh, we got some tail. Did you get some tail, did you? I love that story. Oh, you yeah. can revisit it whenever you want. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I remember that picnic table. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Dan Duran, we will miss All you right. today for the I'll news. Miss you too. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. All right. I'll be back. Okay. See you guys. <laughs> uh, All things uh, Leafs hockey. We're going to break it down for you in a second, but first, let's uh, break this down. Well, uh, let's uh, deal with the Bodog thing right off the top. Okay, the series begins tomorrow night. Uh, I think uh, Tuesday and Thursday, the only games that have been set so far between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers. Can you believe it? The Panthers complete the upset of the Bruins last night. Win at 4-3 in overtime. Very exciting game. I watched it. I watched it. Early line is out. The Maple Leafs favored to win the series against the Panthers. Minus 175 on the Leafs. Uh, uh, the Panthers is plus 150. Uh, so the Maple Leafs favored to win the series, and they should. Uh, whether you're a sports better or a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, another uh, supporter of this program is Aaron Ventures, uh, a.k.a. Boron One. Uh, have your Sherpa or our Sherpa talk to you about this emerging international junior mining and exploration company. Engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties, particularly Boron, as I've mentioned several times, there's only a few places on the earth where they take Boron out for commercial use and Aaron Ventures is involved in one of them and Boron is involved in a lot of things you may not be aware of from your cell phone to uh, battery uh, parts for uh, electric vehicles and more. The company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing current properties and through the acquisition of additional mining projects. That can't be bad for you and your portfolio, so check it out. Boron One, uh, that's what they're trading at. You can find out more at at AaronVentures.com. So obviously I'm playing this song uh, for, you know, Leaf fans. By the way, you mentioned uh, some odds from uh, Bodog. There's a uh, company, an analytics company, that uh, gives the Oilers and the Leafs 
some uh, uh, analytics in terms of a percentage that they would win the cup. I'm just curious. Who do you think this company has given the edge to uh, Oilers or the Leafs to win the cup? Right now? I think that's a leading question. I would say the Leafs, but it's probably Edmonton just the reason you asked that question yeah. that way. You know, my, right. my brother, Stephen, who I, you know, is kind of one of those, he's more of a hockey fan than, uh, than I am. I, I mean, I'm only a, a hockey fan in the playoffs. But Steve follows the Oilers um, pretty regularly. So he sends me a note yesterday. You guys should have me on the show to represent the Canadian hockey team that's going to go all the way. <laughs> like, fucking suck it, old brother. I'm actually going to write that down. Right, suck it. Uh, to um, answer your question, it, 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 it's interesting. Um, interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's um, whatever one of those other words we were going to use. Curious. Interesting. Yeah. Curious. 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 Yeah. Mind bending. Yeah. Um, when the Leafs accomplish something, how it just aggravates the shit out of so many across the country. As, as huge as the Leaf fan base is across the country, it is also very interesting to see how the Leaf haters just come out of the woodwork. Just hold that point for a second, because I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And it's and you know what? It's shitty. Um, yeah. But here's the answer. Uh, Oilers are, according to this analytics company, Oilers given a 20% chance and the Leafs 16% of winning the cup. Yeah, but, I, th- I think part of that, Howard, is if the Oilers get to the final, their their road to the final is a little easier than the Leafs, uh, just given the makeup of the teams and everything, because the East tends to be a little more big. Like the teams seem to be bigger and grittier, and I think maybe it's based on that. But to your point about Leaf haters and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Leafs were so, or the Leafs have get get so much coverage. I get it, by the way, for Western Canadians. It's one of the reasons because people always ask me, "How could you be a Bruins fan?" Which is what I grew up being. Mm -hmm. And I always it it goes back to our dad. My my dad used to always it it irked him that the only thing you'd ever see on Saturday night are Leafs and the Canadians. So Mm -hmm. out west, a lot of people. Well, Lumby became a Canadians fan, but a lot of people became anything but a Leafs and Montreal fan. And that's how it was in my house. And at the same time, you know, there's this kid, you know, Bobby Orr who makes the NHL. And I was sort of drawn to that. And then I became a Bobby Orr fan. Then I became a Bruins fan. And then when I was like nine, 10, 11, 12, Johnny Slabshot's age, the Bruins won a couple Stanley cups. So that's sort of hooked me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I became a Bruins fan. But let's be honest. I'm a, I'm a Maple Leafs fan. Now I've been here for 33 years. I was watching that game. I've watched every game in the playoffs and I was excited for them. And it was an exciting, it's exciting when this happens. So I kind of get where that, but you'd think the last thing I'll say about this before I turn it back over to your analysis is it's sort of too bad because it would be nice if people were happy after 19 fucking years that they like, you know, good on them, you know, finally breaking through. There's a little bit of, because now the Leafs are a bit of a bit of an underdog, having never gotten through this barrier for almost yeah. 20, <laughs> 20 years. Mm-hmm. But to number one, to address the leaf hating thing, um, people have to realize it's a business as well. I mean, the television industry, it's not so much the way it used to be because of all the feeds across the country now. So you can watch who you want, mm-hmm. but it used to, they used to shove the Leafs in your face. Out East here, the Leafs are always the national game. 
Because, come on. They're up against Ottawa. I mean, it is, it's a business. It's the biggest they, market in the country. What else are they going to show? And then the Habs, they're fragmented, right? Half their audience is French, half is English, so the TV numbers there are fragmented. So it's not so much they're choosing the Leafs. It's just flat-out business, good business to make the Leafs the priority with the national feed out east here. Yeah, two biggest markets in the country, the biggest English market in Canada. And mm-hmm. a potential viewership of 10 million people. I, no, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I guess as a kid, it, there was only six teams. And, mm-hmm. But that's how and I... You, and you didn't have the sports network. Exactly. And that's how, yeah. you know, for me, I became a Bruins fan. At Johnny's age, everything I wore was Boston colors. I, I was number four as a hockey player. I, I, I played um, one of my greatest achievements as a little kid is one of the teams I made was the, the West End Bruins, and we had Bruins stuff on. It was great. Nice. Yeah. It was fantastic. But I listen, I was, I was at a buddy's house Saturday night watching the game, and uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised. In the entire overtime, whatever many, many minutes that was, I kept saying, obviously, I was standing up. And I kept saying, every time Tampa touched the puck, this is it. It's fucking, this is it. Watch. They're going to score now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was right. I was right into the curse of the Leafs. I kept saying, well, this is it. Watch. Watch. You watch. This is it. Every time Tampa touched the puck. Fuck. No, I get it. Um, I sat on the couch here with uh, and watched the game with Johnny Slapshot because he stayed over Saturday night before we went to the game on Sunday. And we watched the game, and I'll tell you, even during overtime, I was just calm because I expected Tampa to score the goal. I just, same thing, and I'm sorry whether that's pessimistic or whatever it is. I'm just conditioned that way. It would be too good to be true for the Leafs to score that goal. What I love about that goal more than anything else, Howard, it was a little greasy mm. because that usually goes against us. Yes. It just, it would hit a skate, but just go wider, hit a skate, and just hit the post and go off into the corner. That, to me, was, I just sat there and I went, that actually, <laughs> that went in. Yeah, Those yeah. don't usually go in for us. And the fact that that goal was greasy gives me great optimism going forward. It just does. Well, I would say that uh, overall the game was great. Um, I thought they played I thought it was a great game for, for both teams. I thought, they, they, like I said to my buddy Stinky, I said, uh, like from the almost the beginning of the game, it felt like it was already an overtime. The whole game felt like it was an overtime. Sure. You know, it had that feeling. And that's why I love, by the way, that's, again, I'm, I know people say, well, you're jumping on the bandwagon. I jump on it every April when shit matters. Like, because when it matters, I find it so compelling. When it doesn't matter, I could give a, when they're playing Winnipeg in March, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one nothing for the Leafs going into the third period, and I'm thinking, what if they win this one nothing, or they get an empty netter and they win it two? Wouldn't that be a great story? And then just something happened. The Leafs called me into the kitchen or something. Then I come back and it's one one, and I thought, well, of course it's one. Yeah, yeah. Of course, well, of course it is. And when you saw that <laughs> goal, it was like, oh, jeez, like not so good. Um, but then, yeah, it's just. You know, listen, going in, again, you know, I was a skeptic. Again, I've been conditioned for it. And my flags were up in a lot of areas, goaltending number one, which ultimately turned out to be great for the Leafs, that Ilya Samsonovs played very well. Yeah, crazy. And the question going in was, is this team different? Or some people, like my neighbor John, this team is different. And I was in the position of saying, uh, 
Well, they got to prove it. Mm-hmm. Let's see if this team is different. And I can sit here uh, Monday, May 1st and say, going into the second round, yeah, this team's a bit different. Yeah, they are. I'll buy in now. I, ca- I saw it. They won three. They won three of the four games in Tampa and all three in overtime. That's outrageous for this team. Yeah. So, they're, yeah, they're different, I guess. Yeah. And, and uh, somebody sent me a note. I mean, I know you got a lot of notes. And we're, by the way, we're going to yeah. we're going to read some emails today from uh, people that were uh, like I, I looked at I had my phone with me and I looked at the Gmail because Freddie and I both get all the humble and Fred at humble and Fred radio dot coms. And I could see immediately the response from people wishing Fred well. And it was great. But I immediately I sent uh, Darren a note, I think, and I sent you a note. Mm hmm. And uh, I said, congratulations, fucking yeah, buddy. And your response, now it begins. And I said, yes, celebrate tonight, my friend. And, and, yeah. and why not? Like, you have every mm-hmm. right, as I explained to Stinky. I said, yeah, Fred was a bit of a skeptic. I said, but he has every right to, because it's been 19 years of futility. It's not right. like, oh, he's just a skeptic for skeptics, <laughs> for skeptics' sake. Everything would point to, of course you would come by that opinion. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's basically the same core that's failed the six previous years. And I know sometimes there's a climb, and we've made this point, too. There's a climb to greatness. But the problem is that climb to greatness, when applied to other teams as an example, you know, before they win the Stanley Cup, they might win a series or two. This one had not won any. Zero. So, you know, the Washington Capitals or whatever team you want to pick – and a climb to a Stanley Cup. Well, one year, you know, they win a, you know, they win the first round and they get knocked out in the second. Then they win two rounds and, you know, they climb to it. The Leafs didn't have that sample. They just lost every year in the first round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, I'm, you know, and you talk about destiny and the way things work out. Now, when I look at the playoffs, I think the Maple Leafs, okay, could they win the Stanley Cup? Well, number one, they have to win the first round. To win the first round, they have to get by Tampa. That's tough. But even beyond that, who do you have to worry about? The Boston Bruins and probably the Colorado Avalanche, who got very hot at the end, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Both those teams are gone now. Mm-hmm. Colorado got knocked out by Seattle. Like, it's unbelievable. It's almost like... Bang, the door is open now. Yep. The Leafs have just as good a chance of winning the Stanley Cup as any of the teams that are in there now. It's a great point. And, um, you know, oftentimes I will try and find an analogy <clears throat> in golf, but it's like right. in match play, and there's a big tournament every year. They have a big match play tournament. It has world, you know, uh, world players from all over the world. And very often it's a bad, it's a bad tournament for TV because when the big guys get knocked out early, then the championship match on Sunday is just too, who, who, who are these guys to so the average player? Right. But that's a very similar. Once, once the favorites the top seeds are, if they somehow get eliminated early, then mm-hmm. it does become, well, on any given day, most of those guys can beat each other. And same with this situation now. Like you say, the Leafs are, well, you tell me about the matchup against uh, against this team uh, now, Florida. But we, we'll talk about it in a second. But what you just said there is, is, is key because, you know, those top seeds now aren't in the way. And um, by the way, my buddy yeah. Lavery is... He sent me a note. He's been sending you some notes, too, but he was... Uh, oh, he has? Busy. Well, no, on Facebook. Oh, right. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought you meant this morning. But yeah, he's a big Bruins fan, and he was talking about uh, all the knives in his house have been locked away because <laughs> he's on fucking Bruins. He said, couldn't revert back to regular season form. Oh, well. 
Anyway. Well, that, that yeah, is something that, you know, the president's trophy goes to the team that has the most points at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a curse. I don't have the statistics, but it's been it's it's fascinating. Better than see, I said fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Then interesting. Um, how many times the president's trophy guy has got knocked out? And you look at that series with Florida. Uh, there was a 43 point differential. So by points wise, it's the biggest upset in the history of the nhl what happened there of course we talked about the bruins and their point total you know it's a bit shady because of overtime now and you know you can't you know you get a lot of victories in overtime and and uh and the shootout that you didn't before but Mm -hmm. i mean all that aside a 43 point differential and the thing is about florida you know they just scraped into the playoffs they went 12 four and one down the stretch so they've got hot at the right time that is why when the playoffs started that morning i said when i was even looking at the bodog stuff i said that's a series you might want to take a look at in your friend what's his name steve Lambert. yeah he's a buddy of mine it's a good guy that's why he was sending me some shots for having the audacity to say that um, Florida had his chance against Boston. But I just like that matchup. April 17th, my buddy Donnie Patterson, a huge Boston fan who just loves pissing on the Leafs all the time. I said, hey, Panthers and six, I can taste an upset, and it's delicious. His response, <laughs> I did, I, I, and his response, sucking on it. Now, last night I was going to send him a thing saying, as I was saying. Yeah. Thought, <laughs> That's all right. Give, give him a second. Give him a day. Yes, but he would be in mourning. But, you know, sometimes you just get a feel for these things. And uh, now, you know, and, and you you said one of my thoughts going forward against Florida. Hey, they just knocked off the Bruins. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, they don't suck. They don't suck. Yeah. And they've picked the right time. And there's so many stories about that through NHL history, a lot of sports. If you get hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. They knocked off the Boston Bruins, man. We they're gonna the Leafs are gonna have a series. There, there's two things I love in sports. One is you know, okay, what is what are the favorites gonna do? What are the favorites? Mm-hmm. Well, favorites are favorites for a reason because they're the best. Mm-hmm. But then, what are people? Then momentum. Who's the hottest? Because because let's again back to golf. There's the official mm-hmm. world golf rankings. There's a guy named John Rom who is literally the number one player on planet Earth, but he's also one of the hottest players playing right now. So the uh-huh. next major is later in May in three weeks but there's also that guy who's like playing also playing well right now so and sometimes the favorites don't don't turn out to be the winners because there's somebody that's got momentum on their side and i would say to you that the leafs especially considering you know the monkey on their back i know people are using that phrase the 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 kind of pressure now that's been released from these kids that is going to propel them. I, I will tell you, that first game against the Panthers, it's going to be really interesting to see how they come out because they've got this lightness to them. It's like all fucking gravy now, boys. Absolutely. They now can just play to win. Yeah. None of that shit matters now. Yep. Because they've already exceeded the, the curse or the burden or whatever you want to call it. And I'll just finish again by saying, mm-hmm. if you've, there's a great video there on social media. Somebody put it together. It's about a minute and a half of all the different reactions. Yeah. People on Maple Leaf Square, whatever they call it. They're people. But all different views of the ice mm-hmm. and the look on Sheldon Keefe's and yeah. his staff's face and Dubas. Mm-hmm. It, they just, it was just an outpouring of relief. Just relief. 
it wasn't Absolutely. just it wasn't just exultation. It was mm-hmm. pure relief. And and the look on some of the the players' faces, Matthews and others. Was, and there's they're going to be unleash these kids. Well, that's it, and I I totally agree. I mean, it's theirs for the taking. It is. And again, are they going? Listen, anything can happen. But they are. As we look at the landscape of all the teams, they are just as talented or more talented, mm-hmm. just as capable of winning the Stanley Cup as any other team in that draw. So it's all up to them. They can do it. They can so, do it. Uh, listen, we're going to be talking about the Leafs, obviously, but uh, let's get to some of these. Just, just I would say I sent you the, a few of those emails just uh, sort of acknowledge that these people were thinking of you at the moment of impact. Uh, and uh, it's always great when our listeners care that much, and uh, so we thought we'd acknowledge some of the people that reached out to us. Uh, Jeremy Scott, they did it, is the subject line. Frederick, they closed it, and that's all he said, and yes, they did. That's what it was all about, closing, and they did. Uh, did you want me to yeah, read all, there's just, okay. those, just to all mention right. those two or three. Okay, and Rod uh, Fitchett. Okay, Fred, are you excited now? No more, no more falling asleep on the couch during the games. Uh, BPM <laughs> yeah. uh, through the roof. Bowels almost shit my pants. Loving you, Rod Fitchett. Uh, really makes sense uh, if you just don't think about it. That's his signature. He just that's his signature. Yeah, he says line. it every time. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think there was one and, other one I sent you. Yes, from Todd Taylor. Mm-hmm. Hi guys. And I. Hi guys. And I even light it up at night. Can't wait to hear Fred's take on it. Go Leafs, go, Todd. Uh, he sent me some pictures of his uh, Leaf uh, thing. I don't know. I, I should have uh, included it. I'm sorry. I thought I did. Yeah, he's got like a, a man cave with all right, right, right. Leaf stuff or or is that on the outside of his house? I think it's on the outside. That's the outside of his house. <laughs> oh yeah, like he's That's hardcore. Right this guy. Wow, he is hardcore, and he lights it up at night. Well, good for him. He doesn't have to take it down. No. Um, so we'll do more leaf stuff uh, as the uh, I'm not sure I, there's a couple other things I wanted to get to including an email I'm not sure if you saw this hi guys uh, hi one guys. I wanted to read hi and the guys. subject line is the impact you've made from Samantha Brenchley hello Samantha hello gentlemen uh, she says I've been an avid listener all the way back to 102.1 days with the humble report and Freddie sports updates on the radio as I drove to work through all the comings and goings from mojo to 99 to boom and now to the podcast all the way from day one one, Fred, in 2011. I wish I could say I was a true Hundy P because I truly was for many years, but I took a break in 2020 and 2021 and then came back full force when Phil left the show. Hmm. Your podcast is the one I look forward to the most. And when I can't sleep in the night, I always put your show on and your dulcet tones always end up lulling me back to sleep. Thanks for being such wonderful entertainers and for keeping the humor and everything you discuss. And then in brackets, note that I recently decided to make the move for my investment portfolio over to your very own retirement Sherpa, Tim. And I've been so happy with Tim and his team loving you. Samantha, P.S., could you please ask Dan how his girlfriend Lisa feels about his lack of underwear? I can't get the crumbs, Dan, comment (laughs) out of my head. And isn't that lovely? The bum crumbs. Bum crumbs, that's right. Yeah. Um, And what a uh, little segue here. Why don't we talk about our friend, the retirement Sherpa Frederick? 
Well, that's a great example. A lot of Humble and Fred listeners have done that. They've had a portfolio and thought, boy, I'd like somebody else to have a look at it. And this Tim uh, Niblett, this guy seems to know what he's doing. Uh, he's the uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Again, if you have a portfolio, you're not really happy with its performance. Let Tim have a look at it. I'll tell you. Again, he's done that for many Humble and Fred listeners, and you just heard an example of uh, how it has worked for them. Uh, Tim will be by on Wednesday to do his live hit, and we we're going to talk about sherpasizing your home. That's uh, people, you know, empty nesters now. Maybe you want to downsize and use some of that equity. Uh, the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. <laughs> and let me tell you a little bit about uh, getting into a an EV, the evnet.ca experience. And it really is different than any other car experience that you have been involved in. Like, if you wanted to go buy an electric vehicle right now, good luck. But most of the times, you go to buy a car, you get to test drive it for a little bit, and then you have to buy it. Not in this, not in this world, my friends. What you get is an EV advisor answering your questions. You take the car home, get it for 24 hours for the weekend for a week. Choose what car you want. There's so many different ones. It's not just Teslas. There's Konas. There's Bolts. There's uh, Nissan Leafs. And you can... Uh, and, and like I said, you can have it to really get, experience what it's like when you actually get into one. And I can tell you from having uh, this experience now for a couple months driving by gas stations, it's very, very cool. Get your experience started today at evnet.ca. No, 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 no. Yeah, that... Um yeah, that was cool. It was uh, fun and it was uh, enjoyable. And I will try. I, my brother's in town, older brother, not Edmonton Euler fan brother, but my older brother's in town for the next couple of days starting tomorrow. So when is the first game? Tomorrow night? Uh, they say tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Uh, and again, uh, because Florida beat Boston, the Leafs all of a sudden have home ice advantage. If Boston had won, the Leafs would have started in Boston. So I got to feel uh, out David for his, uh, you know, if he really wants to, I, I, you know, guys in town visiting, it's going to be, he's coming here to golf and it doesn't look like the weather is going to cooperate, but I'm going to say to him, listen, come on, just, uh, you know, we'll have dinner and I'll just put the game on. Mm-hmm. Just- Can I throw something by another, you know, and it, it wouldn't work to the Leafs advantage in this situation, but I really think pro sports, NHL in particular. Now, Boston was the one seed. And Florida was the eighth seed. If number eight knocks off number one, don't they deserve to become the number one seed? I think you should assume the seed, if it's above you, of the team you beat. I sort of like that idea. It would just add to the... Like an incentive? It would add to the intrigue. So it would be like, now, hey, the Panthers have just stolen top seed off the top seed. Yeah, but then it would go against... Yeah, I get what you're saying, but it, it would go against what the what you just described as the Leafs' advantage. The Leafs had a better regular season than the Panth- Panthers, mm-hmm. so shouldn't that uh, season long record stand? Well, just because that, you beat that's just, the way it is. Yeah. Well, and the reason it is because mm-hmm. just because you win one series doesn't mean you're now ranked higher than the teams that did better than you for the entire 82 games. Uh, yeah, I, I I guess that is the thinking. That but, is one. Um, yeah. For for this fella, you know, who likes to think outside the box. Oh, yeah. The envelope. Oh, yeah, envelope. Um, and add quirky little things to sport. 
and the reason I was thinking about this, Howard, you know, I spent uh, within 36 hours, I watched all 18 episodes of uh, mm. Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah, I'm almost done. Just a fantastic. And I just all the quirky things that they have in soccer. I just mm-hmm. think that is just so cool. Yeah, the relegation. The way you I move love up it. relegation and all that stuff. Why not? Why not throw stuff in to make it more interesting? And that's why I come up with the seating thing. It's like, well, that'd be cool. You know, d- people, uh, disruption is uh, both a um, good thing for people and also it it bothers people. And what I'm going to get at is this new league that started last year and the new Live Golf series. And one of the reasons it's so aggravating to sort of the general golf population is because it's filled with disruptions. And mm-hmm. well, you know, 54 holes versus 72 oh. holes. Uh, oh, I see what you mean. You know, they, they paid their players like other sports pay their athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, they signed them for they signed Dustin Johnson for one hundred and fifty million dollars. Like the fact that Tiger Woods was the most popular figure in sports for, I don't know, a decade and a half, but still had to pay an entry fee. I don't know if you knew this. These guys actually have to pay an entry fee every Friday to get into the tournaments. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fucking insane. But the live golf series is filled with disruptions. No cuts, music on the golf course, all kinds of stuff to, to attract right. a younger audience. Right. To your point about soccer and how enjoyable it's been following that Wrexham journey, because I think I'm on episode 13 or 14. Our buddy Darren mm-hmm. told us about it, and it mm-hmm. really is fantastic. But it's oh. there's so many little aspects of it, as you say, that are different, that make it, that are quirky, but interesting. Uh, and you know what? I Were we ready to talk about this, or did you want to talk I'm, about something else? I'm, I'm, I, I got this, and I got a couple other things. Yeah. We're fine. Um. You know, another thing I found I find so charming about it is the fact. Just think about that. Number one, this team is relegated to the very bottom or the second from the bottom. No, no, they were in the bottom. Well, they were in the fifth the level. Yeah, the national. Yeah, the national. But they still mean so much to that that community. It's like here in, in you know, the, the Brampton Battalion didn't survive because everybody's a Leaf fan. Mm-hmm. You know, the OHL love. Brampton had a team. This was your team. Pretty good tier of hockey. OHA Major Junior A. And a pretty good sized city. Six or seven hundred thousand people. a pretty good sized city. And it's like, oh, I don't go to those games. You know, all <laughs> no, that no. matters is the Leafs. And it's just a weird, even the Mississauga team. I mean, they, they're still there, but they don't attract a lot of fans. And I guess somebody with lots of money keeps it there for whatever reason. But I just love that. They have this broken down 10,000 seat stadium and that's their thing. They're mm-hmm. not going, oh, piss on them. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to just watch the Premier League. And I find that so cool. It makes me want to go there. You know, I want to go to that pub and have a beer. I want to go yeah, at the and turf see at the turf club. You know, one of yeah. the, I, the the episode I watched, one of the ones I watched, because I do like they're they're short. They're like twenty two minutes, so I do like three or four in a right. row sometimes. But the one I saw last night that was just so, it, it was the hooligan one, mm-hmm. and and this I felt bad, so bad for that young woman who wanted to be a detective and wanted yes. and, and literally because her boyfriend was ba- they get banned these these mm-hmm. idiots. Because he was banned and on a police list, she couldn't become a constable because of this background check anyway. But you know what was also sad about that? One more time, if he does it one more no, time, I know, I'm going to leave him. And it's like, oh, my God. Lady. You know, another thing I thought was odd, too, because she's very attractive. She was a uh, she's the daughter. 
You know that band uh, James Laid? We used to oh, play yes. it all the time at CFY. For Great people. song. Great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, it's her dad was in the band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's very attractive. Uh, I thought it was odd when she had her friends over, though, that she kept her jacket on at her house. I just did. I found that weird. <laughs> I just thought well, it was. They, they don't have central heat. You know <laughs> That's that. what I thought. I thought, how cold is it in that house that she's wearing your jacket over dinner? Yeah. Um, and maybe a little too much gravy on whatever the hell that was. But um, yeah. <laughs> but to your point about a community-supported team, you know what it reminds me a little bit of? What's that? The uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. Because that community, Regina, and mm-hmm. the province... Yes. Supports that team in a way that no other. Right. Forget no other, no other football team is. Mm-hmm. No other team is supported other than, say, the Leafs. But the Leafs are a big, glamorous hockey team. But but even there, Howard, if you were a Saskatchewan Rough Riders team, for you to sample another pro sport, you'd have to travel a long way. Yes. These people, you know, in Wrexham, Wales, you know how many Premier League teams are with, like. Oh, yeah. Within Just driving distance, literally yeah. moments away. Yeah, yeah. That you could that you could go to. It's and I love you. Know, and you know, when you think big, I mean, theoretically, that little team could end up in the Premier League if things went. That that's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's possible, and and that's what makes that quirk of yeah. of whatever the opposite of relegation. What is it called? Promotion. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, here's the thing. I, we both know, we all know, if you've been paying attention to social media the last couple of weeks, that Ryan Reynolds and Ron, Rob McElhaney, McElhaney, that team got promoted. But in the series that we're watching, they're still struggling and they've had, they're having their best season in years. And uh, in the series, they don't get promoted, do they? No. But then they... Which is fine to say. Cause yeah, because it would happen last year. Yeah. So the series ends in 2022, but they continued filming. So in the tw- in the next set of episodes, them getting promoted is going to be featured. But right. uh, you know, I've done I've been looking online about how much these guys spent and how much money they've made back. They're not stupid. They're not losing money on this. They're making so much money. It's ridiculous. Well, Ryan Reynolds sold his share in the gin company for $610 million. Yeah. Apparently, he just sold his share in Mint Mobile for like $400 million. Like, the guy is, he's rolling in it. Yeah, and, so, the, and the UK is all over his purchase, him possibly purchasing the uh, Ottawa Senators. So, it's like, and he paid uh, $2.5 pounds for this team. But you see what they're doing now. It's brilliant. Because they put out this series now, and it's just so well done. I want a Wrexham hat. Yeah, guys, exactly. You know what I mean? I yeah. want a Wrexham hat. I would love to have a Wrexham hat. Yeah. They're touring that team through North America this summer, and I think they're even going to be playing, like, a Premier League teams. Or, I, I I don't know. See, I'm talking above my head now. Yeah, yeah. But just think about that. They're going <laughs> to no. roll it. Because of this series and everybody tuning into this thing, they're going to roll that to- team through a bunch of big American cities, and people are going to go see it for the novelty. Oh, yeah. So making money with Wrexham is is not an issue anymore. No, they're, they're and it will give them the revenue to buy players to keep moving up to keep moving up. And and then think about it like, you know, I I, I don't really have a, a a football club that I follow. I mean, mm-hmm. I I've watched a Manchester United game just for the novelty. I know Darren's really into it, but now all of us here in North America have a team we're following. Can you imagine as they keep getting promoted up? 
Yes. You know, how we'll all keep watching this series? You know what I equate it to? And I, and I got to admit, the Formula One thing I haven't watched yet, but all the people I've met didn't care about Formula One racing. Right. Watch that, whatever it's called. Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive and became Formula One uh, fans. So I'm going to make a point of watching that now because this has shed a whole new light. Like I see Darren's all, you know, into, in, into soccer and other guys talking about it. And it's always like, ah, okay, yeah, yeah, sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. But this thing has pulled me in so much. Yeah. And educated me so much. And more just the passion of it. Now I understand. It's, yes, the game, you could love the game. But it's not even so much of the game as it is the culture that just fascinates me. The fact that they have you songs know? for every player. Oh, man. The the, you know, like I, I, we've talked about this. I, you know, when my kids were, Charlie especially, really into soccer in Oakville, which is a hotbed of soccer in Canada. It's just strange. Oakville yeah. just produces this yeah. year after year provincial level mm-hmm. group of kids, boys and girls. So we would go to the odd Toronto game and being in the stands. And it was a different vibe than being in a football game or a basketball game. Back to your point about wanting to get a Wrexham hat. I would love to go to the stadium now. Yeah. Just to see what it's like. Absolutely. You know, I, and, I up until this point had no thought of ever going to Wales, but now mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what these guys have done for Wales? For the forget the soccer team. What have these guys mm-hmm. done for this town? Mm-hmm. But you know, at the same time, you know, sometimes you t- you know, you think they're all going to be starstruck, but during this series when the people are quite candid mm-hmm. in what they think you know they, the one guy there was totally pissed off ryan reynolds came in and did to promote the team did something some quirky little commercial mm-hmm. and it was uh two days before some key game and there's there, one of the trainers or something was pissed off oh fucking ridiculous <laughs> and i thought wow number one he said it to a camera yeah because the passion is so deep about the job at hand. Yeah, and all these people were sort of skeptical. All these Hollywood guys are just going to come in and sort of use us and then leave us. And really, that meant more to them. They don't care about these Hollywood guys. They care about their team. Absolutely. They care about. They have, if you don't know, these guys had to apply. There's a, the community owned the team, the rights to the team. They had to actually apply. These guys signed a 25-year lease on that stadium. Yeah. But they listen, all of this back to listen, you know, Ryan Reynolds doesn't care how much money this costs him, obviously. But there's you can see there's a sincere passion for with these two guys, Rob, especially because Rob comes from Philadelphia, understands Mm -hmm. kind of the, you know, the grittiness of it. Mm -hmm. Not that Ryan doesn't, but there's a sincerity these two guys have. But there's also listen, you know, Ryan comes off sometimes, I think, a little bit sort of goofy but he's a smart guy they knew what they were doing before they started this they knew that they were going to have so much what do they call it um secondary excuse me and tertiary marketing to this they weren't they weren't and and of course do you think they worry about losing 2.5 million pounds no and what is McElhaney worth he's worth a ton uh 50 so he's worth 50 million Ryan Reynolds worth hundreds, close to a billion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think Darren sent me a thing saying, you know, season two has like been like there's. A, did you say that earlier? Season two is like 
make a, they're doing a season. I, I believe they are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, just on that alone, there were 18. Well, yeah, why wouldn't they? Well, yeah, there's 18 episodes. <laughs> this could go on forever, really. Well, it could go you on. How ma- you think how many leagues they can still go up? How, yeah. How much, how much um, uh, content that is? Well, and plus you become, it becomes like the, the, the characters involved in this, the guy at the turf club, the, the pub, and then the, the, the different fans and the, the yeah. guy that's the general manager guy. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I did the, I saw the math on, uh, so you buy it for 2.5, was it million or pounds? I thought it was million. Pound. No, it was pounds. Okay. Okay. Everything I've seen is pounds. But. So let's see, what is it? Hey, listen, they're almost equal now anyways. Right. So it's like three and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. So... FX gave them 400000 an episode. So 18 times 400000 almost paid for the team just on the TV deal. Right. Or the team operation, whatever it was. So yeah. they're, they were never going to lose money. And I think, not listen, I'm not criticizing. Listen, let me say listen some more. Listen. Listen. I'm not criticizing this. <clears throat> it's just an observation that part of the drama in the show is Ryan and Rob sort of you know, wondering if they want to spend any more money on this or that. Meanwhile, you know that Reynolds is worth a billion dollars. For him to buy another player for 300,000 pounds is like, just, you know, let's not pretend you can't do it. And here's the way I'm, so I have this, this IPTV thing. I'll admit it. Other people have it. I, you know. So I watch, I finished watching it on Saturday morning. Actually, I finished episode 18. So then I started Googling, like, okay, are they still in the season? Yep. And it was just last week they clinched first place, I find. Right? Yeah, two weeks ago they, they, they made, they, they got, it wasn't just last week, it was a couple weeks ago they clinched, they clinched okay. Uh, promotion. Okay, so anyway, well, this Saturday was the last game of the season, apparently. Right. And it was just a throw-off they were playing. And it just so happened that the game was on, well, I'm Googling this. I thought this can't be. What? Yeah. It was like, I don't know. It was like 22 minutes into the game. So I'm down here on this thing trying to find the game. <laughs> with Because it has like 4,000 channels, right? Mm-hmm. Tons of soccer. Ultimately, I couldn't find it because the navigation isn't the best. But um, that's what I was doing. Yeah, the I fact that you were trying to find it is ridiculous. I just want to watch this game in real time. Yeah. And, you know, and hear the name Paul Mullen. Yeah, I was going to say, because you know the names. Yeah. Ollie Palmer, Paul yeah. Mullins, Davis. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you couldn't, up until that series, I couldn't name three soccer players, you know, other than the most famous no. in the world. But, uh, you know, and, and, you know, in the series when they got that Ollie Palmer guy. So I watched, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the order I did this. Oh, I know. I did it in this order. I watched the latest episode of Ted Lasso. Another fucking great episode. Just okay. Have you seen it yet? Episode seven? No, no. It's so good. And then I watched this. And there's so many little similarities. And I think, you know, it's interesting. Ted Lasso introduced some of that soccer culture that we're talking about to this North mm-hmm. American audience. Oh, yeah. It really did. I mean, just the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the quirkiness of the fans and the relegation and all that stuff. And, and, but, but the, then watching these guys, I'm now, I'm now familiar with the characters, and that's what these guys are. And I, was, I can see mm-hmm. that it would be fascinating, interesting, to watch a game because I, I know who these players are now. Right. I'm familiar with who they are. And you have the hook now of knowing what it means. Yes. It's just not the game. 
kicking the ball around a field. Yeah. It's just if if they score on the other team, what it means oh, yeah. to the community, to the revenue stream. And I know that applies to a lot of sports, but not like this. This is different. Yeah, this is really to the guy who owns the pub. Oh no, it's just huge. think about that. It's like. When Wrexham really sucked, you know, they were getting five and 6,000 fans a game. Well, the guy who owns the pub, he suffers. And so many things down the line in that little community suffer. But when they're doing well, all of a sudden, a lot of people are doing well. Yeah. Well, and, and I won't give anything other than this. There's a line, the woman that owns the pub and Ted Lasso, the old lady. Just every, every, every scene that she's in ends with her saying, fuck off. <laughs> Which I, I love. Um but because the team in at this point in their season in Ted Lasso, they're not doing great. And she says, she says, look around like there's nobody yeah. in here. Right. Yeah. Because the team, when they're doing well, as you say, everybody does well. Did I not? I sent you the, the link eh, of the, the website for the turf. Yeah, I saw it. It was pretty cool. See, it's just a wet bar. Eh? They know food. Eh? There's a lot well, of that. that. But he's got that thing next to him. He's got that little... Uh, oh, right, the little uh, hamburger stand. The little stand, the food stand next to the, right. the pub. But I noticed that, too, when I was in uh, Britain in 2019 with Buddy Doug. It's funny, you go into the odd bar and there's no food. It's like, oh, let's go in and have lunch. And then you walk in and it's what they call it. What is it called? A wet something bar? But uh, anyway, I don't know. Um, yeah, they only uh, they don't serve food. Which is pretty neat. Well, here we are. We had a, a long discussion about the Leafs, and now we've spent the last ten or fifteen minutes talking about soccer or football, and uh, it is brilliant, really, when you think about it. You know, we were talking or last week somehow. American Idol came up, and I brought up I brought up the fact that Survivor was still on the air, and mm-hmm. and how brilliant that was when American Idol started. They had a television show on Tuesdays. The audience got to mm-hmm. vote Wednesdays right. they you know you would you so there was a, a they they sucked this audience audience in to see Wednesday who they who what their vote did like it was genius and in a way this is similar in that as you said they've they've taken this team that no one had ever heard of really here yeah. and they've made a, an ent- entire worldwide audience want to get their hats <laughs> it's yes. pretty funny i got i got to think the merchandising it's gonna be crazy yeah because if somebody said to me if one of the kids said something to me right now oh what do you want for father's day i would say get me a rexham hat yeah <laughs> no i know it's and that or one a t-shirt or oh, something and it's funny because yeah. there's a, an episode earlier on in the series where rob mcelaney is it is it McElhaney? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I've never seen one episode of that show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. And it's been around for years. Eighteen thousand seasons. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah. Yeah, well, and you know, like his, you know, I heard him. He's buddies with the guys from Smartless. Mm-hmm. And when that episode on Smartless last year, I was like, I just had to go look the guy up. Mm-hmm. And Danny DeVito's in it. Yeah. In all those years. Yeah. All those years. Anyway, there was a point in the early part of the series where McElhaney or whatever talks about the mm-hmm. fact that he thought he was the only one that had that hat. Like they were, mm-hmm. they was like it was a. But yeah, the merchandising and the and the television audience and the FX series and 
It is interesting too, as you were saying that the townsfolk, like when the two three episodes ago, is when Ryan and Rob finally went to Wrexham for the first time. Yeah, and they were there for a week, and the people were. It's it was like it's fucking uh, Deadpool's in town. <laughs> you know, it was pretty big. One other, and and I see what's happening here um, in Toronto. You know, with TFC, you had a big victory on uh, Saturday night. My son, Danny, he works with the club. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to get his perspective on the team. And mm-hmm. it's funny. I have all the soccer stuff coming at me from from many, a few perspectives now. So, uh, you know, TFC playing in that stadium, BMO Field. When they built BMO Th- Field, I thought, ah, you know, compared to like American football stadiums, it sort of looks like rinky dink. Mm-hmm. But in the sol- soccer culture, like in Britain, that's a fabulous, that's a nice stadium, BMO Field. You know what I mean? Because a lot of them, even the Premier League, they're only like 20, 25, 23,000 seats, right? Mm-hmm. And they're nestled in neighborhoods and they don't look that impressive. What they do is look cool because of, you know, the difference there. It's like it's they, a lot of them have been there for a long time and they're nestled in these neighborhoods and it just looks so homey mm-hmm. so to speak but anyway the point is bmo field as far as local soccer goes or um the home team for soccer that's a pretty nice stadium they've built here on the lake shore well the ted lasso stadium yeah i don't think the ted lasso stadium is like eighty thousand people it's like a 45 you know 30 40 000 seater not even that i don't think you know afc it, richmond yeah, like um, <laughs> like I'd have to go through like yeah. these huge teams like Liverpool and everything. I don't know how big their stadiums are, but they're not as big as you think they are. No, exactly. You know? Hey, listen, yeah. we've been doing a show together for 33 years. This is the longest we've ever talked about soccer. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk about decks. Mm, right on. Yeah, man. Uh, very interesting, curious, engrossing. There he is. Uh, we uh, made a big deal about this last week. I'm not even sure if Craig's even heard. Before we do the official interview, did you hear... Did you? Hey, hi, Craig. Let me hi. How you doing? Uh, that's Fred. I'm nice to see you. Did you guys? Did you and Stacy hear the big stink we made last Monday on the show? I did not. I have not heard anything. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do today. I'm gonna send you everything we did last week. You're gonna love it. Uh, Wonderful. We got very excited that uh, these fine people, uh, Stacy and Craig Keats, uh, have become uh, our latest clients after uh, a 12 year journey of trying to get people to. Uh, you know, see the 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 brilliance of the humble and Fred advertising model. Uh, please welcome to our program uh, the owners and operators of one of the many locations around uh, North America of Archidec Outdoor Living. Craig Keats. Hi, Craig. Hi, Howard. How are you? Hi, Fred. How are you? Nice to meet you, Craig. We just nice spent the last thirty too. minutes talking about uh, the Leafs and uh, our favorite soccer team, uh, Wrexham. <laughs> nice. Are you? Uh, have you got caught up in the uh, that Welcome to Wrexham series with Rob Ryan? Rob, uh, uh, I have not. I just uh, barely skim over the news on Wrexham. It's uh, definitely curious. Yeah, it is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, when we first met, I, I didn't know much about uh, your company, but uh, as uh, we've been educating ourselves about what architect out architect outdoor living is, why don't you tell us a little bit about the company and then what how it how you guys have sort of the toronto franchise yeah sure um well architect outdoor living is the the largest and oldest outdoor living dedicated outdoor living builder in north america 
So they have 90 locations across North America that are independently owned and, and operated. Now, the company's been around since 1980, uh, and they've been building outdoor living projects, decks, porches, patios since 1980. They've completed more than 150,000 uh, projects to date. So with my family, I own and operate one of those locations here in Toronto, Canada. Um, and basically what all this means is we're a general contractor that specializes in only outdoor projects. So outside of the home, that's structures like porches, patios, outdoor kitchens, pool houses, hardscapes, and decks. Uh, most often, uh, most of our projects involve decks, and that's usually where we start. And when you say decks, you mean like a wooden deck per se? Yeah, wooden decks. I mean, we build uh, wood decks. We build a lot of composite decks as well. Yeah, that's really taken hold. A composite, you got to love that, not having to deal with them once they're built. That's a great idea. Yeah, composite, I mean, has a number of advantages. It is, yeah. uh, you know, absolutely maintenance-free. So, mm-hmm. you know, with, with wood decks, traditionally, you're, after a few years, you're staining the deck. Well, once you stain that deck, you're staining it every year. And uh, with a composite deck, it'll hold its color looks beautiful forever all you really have to do is sweep it off every year so a number of advantages and you are called architect but again it's you do do um all sorts of patios right yeah i mean so architect is uh is a bit of a take on the the history and mm-hmm. the genesis of the company with an architect founded the company right and thought you know geez we should bring a little bit more rigor to uh to the craft of making making decks and actually have an architect behind them but yeah we since then, we've branched out uh, as a as a great organization. Now we do patios, hardscapes, uh, you know, pergolas, uh, uh, pavilions, all kinds of different structures. So basically, if it's outside of the home and helping you improve the way you use your backyard. One of the things I've mentioned a few times last week, and I just sent a note to our producer, and we're going to get you uh, all the mentions from last week. You can sort of see the vibe that we've created here for you. Uh, but one of the things, and, and a lot of times, you know, people hire people contractors to do work and there's always that trepidation i think about the guarantee how they're going to work together are they going to you know complete the job and there's the uh the points that you've given me about how you back up and what the warranties are can you maybe talk a little bit about that craig yeah sure i mean to your point i mean undertaking a renovation on your home is is a big deal uh this is your this is your home for most people it's your sort of most valued most significant asset uh and it's really important that uh that whoever you hire to do work on your home you know treats it with care and respect and and does the job that you're asking them to do so trust is a huge huge factor in undertaking any renovation so part of the, the benefit of working with a group like Architect is because of our scale, we're able to have real warranties and real guarantees and, and real coverage for homeowners that actually amounts to something. So, you know, all of our projects, we have uh, we have a three la- layer uh, guarantee program, mm-hmm. if you will. We offer a year warranty on craftsmanship. So if if our crews while we're installing, if uh, if a screw comes loose or, uh, you, you know, one board doesn't fit exactly the way it was supposed to fit after a year we come back no questions asked we address that issue no problem now this is all backstop in writing and we're part of a much larger north america wide organization so you've got recourse Um, and that and yeah and that is so significant because you know really the history of 
contracting in a lot of cases isn't so good people come in and they do a job and then they take off and there's a problem and you try and get a hold of them they're not even in business anymore or they start ghosting you so to have that security with this type of um product is is huge so, right. you, so that's right. the one-year workmanship one, and then you keep going because mm-hmm. there's another one. There's a two-year warranty on structure. We offer two-year warranty on structure. Uh, so that's if, you know, if something, if the ground settles in a certain way and maybe the stairs don't line up the way they were supposed to, we come back and we address that anytime within those 24 months. And you're going to see those issues emerge within that, that two-year period. And finally, we're also backstopped. We have an independent third-party uh, guarantee fund that we've put together. All of the locations fund this fund this guarantee fund, and what what it is is it essentially gives you a completion guarantee on a project. So if you sign a contract with Architect and something happens, uh, an act of God, if I you know if if I pass away and can't complete the project, let's say, let's take the worst case scenario for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Um, that that fund exists to ensure that your project is completed exactly as specified. Wow. So there's just no real risk of, uh, you know, shady operators when you're working with Arpidec at all. No, it's cool. A lot of people want to save money by getting, you know, Joe Blow to do it. And it ends up costing them more. So, again, that's this is significant. Well, we're going to talk to uh, Craig quite a bit over the next uh, few months about uh, different types of decks, how projects are done. You know, we're going to keep talking about the guarantee because I think that's significant for a lot of people. As you say, Freddie, you know, everyone's trying to cut corners. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the old saying, you get what you pay for. And Architect uh, is uh, not only a great company, but we're, we're looking forward to finding out more about how people can, maybe they've been putting off a project and now might be the time to do it. Architect, A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K dot com. And uh, Craig will be back in a couple of weeks and we'll talk about, maybe we'll, we'll find some different things to, people are, you know, maybe you can help maybe talk to people about uh, the type of uh, decking they need or if they're looking for a pool house or any of the other stuff that you do, we'll look forward to those conversations. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, that's that's fantastic. And that's what we do with our clients every day. It all really starts with a with a phone call and a conversation. Uh, we're here and we're absolutely happy to talk to anybody about their their backyard projects and uh, give them some some new ideas, some new ways to think about it. And, you know, Craig, that is so important. And, and you get a lot of that when you're watching these shows on HGTV. The average person doesn't know what's possible. So when you get a pro to come in and look at the space, and they use that word space a lot on HGTV. When they look at the space, you guys, you guys know how it can be most or best utilized or what's possible. Where the average guy just throwing up his own deck often misses those things. So, so having that consultation is huge. Absolutely. So, uh, and we love doing it. Love mm-hmm. doing it. So it's well, it shows get a hold of Craig at uh, Architect, A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K dot com. Great finally having you on the show. See, I told you that was going to be easy. This is just me awesome. and Fred. Just a couple of idiots talking about some nonsense, mostly. Um, and like I said, I'm going to get you that uh, the audio from last week because I think you're going to really like it. Great. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, I'll follow up soon. I just want to make sure we're going in the right direction. There's uh, Craig uh, Keats from Architect. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Craig. Right on, buddy. your house this morning.
in uh, 2016, I had a nightmarish experience with mm-hmm. you know, patios done around my place. And many times you sit back and think, you know, maybe I should have spent more, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I had a pretty good experience uh, when my pool went in at the matrimonial home in Oakville. But I, because uh, it was a separate company, there was a pool company that put the pool in and a separate company that did the landscaping and all the decking and all the patio and the stone. And uh, I just remember, because I'm not as experienced as you, but I remember having a conversation with these people about what it might cost me. And when I told the guy what I was going to spend, he laughed at me. <laughs> he did. Because yeah. uh, I just didn't know. I'm not trying to say, like, these these projects, they're expensive for a reason. Because, it you know, you're... you're like, it makes a huge difference to the value of your house. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the reality is you can get stuff done cheaply, but then it's, you know, you're at the whim, as you say. The guy may not do a good job, and then you never get a hold of him again. Yeah, yeah, my experience was great. One day I come out of the house, and there's a guy leaning up against the house, and uh, I said, hey, what's going on? He goes, oh, man, I'm really hot, man. Like, oh, man, you wouldn't have a beer, would you? <laughs> That's what the guy says to me. That's correct. And then they would go across the street. There's a park across the street, and there was right. a tree with bushes around it. And they used to hang out there and eat their lunch or whatever. But it had all these bushes. Anyway, the city comes one day and cuts down all the shrubs around the base of the tree. And there must have been 36 beer cans. Nice. In those bushes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had uh, some shrubs down the side of my pool here in the back. And when I had those taken out, there was about three or four Mickey bottles. <laughs> it was super... Howie. No, I know. Mm -hmm. Would you like the name of the company? (laughs) What are you doing? I'm just, I'm getting uh, an email from somebody. I just want to just make sure Boone uh, does it. I mean, Toronto Mike does this. Okay. Um, So anyway, yeah, we're we're just, listen, this is another Humble and Fred story. This is the, Craig's sister uh, was a is a listener of ours. Then became a client of the Sherpas. Fred and I played golf with Stacy or Tracy, mm-hmm. and um, and then now uh, this is how we've come to know these fine people. And we want you to do what you can. Which you know, people always listen. If you're, it's not one of those things that uh, you know uh, you may not have been thinking about a a, a deck, or you have mm-hmm. been. But if you've been giving it a thought, give give these people a call and just say, hey. We're Humble and Fred listeners, and, uh, you know, they'll give you a, cons- a consultation. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's Stacy. I always got, for some reason, it's, it's Stacy and Craig, the Keats. Anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, done right. Yeah, that stuff's got to be done right. Do you have any, uh, is there anything left for you? Because I've got a. Yes, a, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Oh, please stand by. Okay. I'm going to get you some oh, music. Okay. Stand by. Just, okay. like, because I've got it now. We've got a big screen here. I don't know where things are. I'm going to go back to Bob Cajun, though, because I have fun. It's a nice summertime vibe. It's the first of May. Okay, go ahead. Um, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca. Get all the information you need. Uh Again, we've talked about how progressive they are, how cutting edge uh, the the whole concept is. You know, through uh, COVID, a lot of uh, people suffered mentally, uh, you know, lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods. Uh, 
you know, got in debt and uh, obviously it played upon their minds. Well, of course, the people at the chamber plan decided uh, to add a mental health component to this where people can actually reach out and talk to somebody about their struggles. Pretty fascinating. They also instituted a HR department. So if you're a small business and you don't have an HR department and you're not quite sure how, you know, employees should be handled in certain ways, well, they can give you that information and that guidance from prescriptions to dental and therapies, all the stuff you usually expect from a benefits package. There's that much more with the Chamber Plan. Very affordable for small business. Chamberplan.ca. Go there today. Uh, we're going to wrap the show up now. Uh, and I was going to tell you this before the show uh, started. And I know, maybe I should wait till we're, we're done recording. What? Well, somebody that I know you know died. And I'm not sure if you know he died. No. How do I know? Uh, you've been a sports guy. Sports, uh, you've been around sports the entire time you've been here in Toronto. Uh, if it's who I think it is, I'm, uh, I've got the shivers down my spine right now because I was talking to somebody on Friday night about, oh my goodness, that's weird. And I, I don't even know it's that person. But anyway. Um, okay. Do you want to play, uh, do you want to guess who's dead? Is that the game you want to play? No, or? no, I can't do that in case it's not. <laughs> okay. But me and the sweet Lori Love, we're having a conversation about something, uh, about somebody. Right. And uh, and I said, hmm, anyway. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you after the show because it's not fair to. I, I just had it. I just yes. looked down here. I wrote it down to bring it up, but only after I had told you. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell Fred after we're finished recording, and then we'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> we, we are. Whatever. See, if Dennis had just started saying, hey, guess who died and told me, but now on the speculation and everything, it almost sounds creepy. I well, wonder if it's a guy I thought may have been dying. Well, or I could tell you who died, and then we could find out tomorrow who you thought died. <laughs> now we're laughing about it. Well, is what are you going to do? Is he old? Is it untimely? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you what's weird about it. I was on a meeting yesterday morning Yeah, uh, with some golf people. Right. There's a hint for you. And we were talking about this guy and then comes to find out later in the day that he's dead. No. Yes, man. Pardon me? Not him. Yes. Golf and him? And he was a sportscaster? No, not sportscaster, but sports writer. Oh, writer. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and and I'm telling you, so I was in a conversation with some a pretty high-profile Canadian oh. golf superstar of my age. And we were talking about this guy. And then later oh. in the day on social media, it was all over. You know, uh, Hebsher was tweeting about it, a bunch of guys, uh, oh. Bob Weeks, all these guys. Yeah. Oh, so it's not Bob Weeks. <laughs> I'm just curious. It's not Bob Weeks or Hebsher. <laughs> it's not Bob Weeks or Hebsher or oh, Rick okay. Young or any of the other golf writer guys. Is it the guy that tangled with McCowan once? I don't know that story. Oh, I do. Fuck, man. This is really... Honestly, McCowan you know... Always, McCowan always got him on one day and said, oh, you're always looking for free stuff, like as a, as a writer. Oh, uh, I don't know. He, and he didn't have a sense of humor. And uh, 
Okay, okay. well, you know, but here's the great thing about doing. Well, if this he's sh- a golf writer, it's not. It's not like it's not going to hit me that hard. No, it's somebody. I, you, but it's somebody you know. Right, but not a guy I worked with or no, used to no. be in the press box with no. or anything like that. Oh, no, sir. Okay, no. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was just going to say, you, you know, <laughs> there are certain radio rules that we don't care about anymore, but this one's the funniest, where we're just fucking... <laughs> Let's get, guess the dead guy. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, fucking talk about leaving the audience out completely. Although mm-hmm. tomorrow morning, when you turn into the Humble and French show, you're going to find out who died that we know. Well, I think people are just going to go to uh, Hebsher's Facebook page now. And they can do that. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, but not everyone <laughs> will. They can do that. <laughs> do whatever they want. All right. Let's get this out of here. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Architect Outdoor Living, Better Building by Design. We read all of our emails. We have a Friday email show, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Look, liking and subscribing really helps us out by charging up the getting noticed algorithms. So does getting your friends to listen to just one show. Just one show, please. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, it's not tipping, it's not the lease, it's not resting heartbeat. No, today's theme is still the theme. Enjoy every goddamn day. Fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Hands. Mm-hmm.